Hi, it's Sarah. Welcome to or welcome back to Hack Your Universe. It's Sunday. I hope everyone has enjoyed the week. We celebrated Valentine's Day as a society this week. Lots of love, lots of magic, I hope. I love Valentine's Day. I'm not afraid to say it. I know that it can bring up a lot of things for a lot of people, whether you're single, in a relationship, situationship, whatever it is. And of course, there's a lot of capitalist bullshit attached, I know, but that's standard. And I think it's it's a good temperature check, right, for, for the love that you have in your life. Like, you can ask yourself, who do you love? Who loves you? How do you show love? How do you want to receive love? And those are questions always worth exploring, but Valentine's Day just brings them right to the surface, you know? So we are going to ride that wave today and talk about love in the context of the most important relationship you will ever have, which is, drumroll please, yourself with a capital S. So as we know, there is no universal rule book for how to love, okay? It is a universal experience, but it is extremely personal and different for everybody. But I have found one book that is the closest thing I can find to like a Bible on love, and that is A Course in Miracles. Fuck, I can't remember who wrote it. I should have looked that up. That's embarrassing because it's probably like my favorite written text ever. Actually, I think it has several authors, but... Anyways, moving on. I highly recommend having it on hand because it is absolutely profound. And I will say it's super dense. It's like one of those books that it's more like a textbook. Like you can't ever really finish it, which I think is appropriate because love is a forever practice, right? Our relationship to it is always changing. But um, Marianne Williamson, I think that's her name. Wow, I'm blanking on all the authors today. Um, She has an adaptation of A Course in Miracles that she calls A Return to Love, and I think that her version is a little bit more digestible, so you can check that out too if you're interested. But at the core, these texts are about how the application of love onto all things is how we create a peaceful life. And the key word here is peaceful, okay? I didn't say happy. It's not all rainbows and butterflies and good vibes only, okay? Fuck your only good vibes. I want I want all the vibes in. And a peaceful life is about letting all the vibes in. Like life is not about feeling happy all the time or trying to eliminate the difficult parts. It's just about rethinking how we respond to the difficult parts. It's the practice of peace in the face of all the easy things and all the hard things. But the most important piece of this book is helping reframe the way we think about the experience of love. Because we're taught to think about love as a strictly positive emotion slash experience. But love at its core is a neutral term, okay? It's calm and it's steady and it's certain. It's respect and admiration and appreciation. Like love, love just is, okay? Loving something fully is about seeing the hand of God in it. God, the universe, whatever, underneath all things. And this book illustrates that really simply and really clearly that God slash love is invisible and omnipresent. It is in that light bulb and that water bottle and that banana. Can you tell what's around me right now? And that person and those people and ourselves, like all of this is divinely connected by love. And of all the objects and people and places that we can observe God in, it can be really challenging to observe it in ourselves. And you know why? Because we are so close to ourselves. One of my best friends and I say that to each other all the time. Like when things feel super heavy for either one of us, we remind each other that you're too close 
and like space from the thing will help you see the thing more clearly. Like, you know, when you take a picture of a friend and you think they look super adorable and they see it and they're like, you know, delete that right now. It's like that on a much larger scale. Like we are looking at our own experience with a sharp and oftentimes painful magnifying glass. But it's important to remember that nobody else is looking at us that way because everyone else is looking at themselves that way. And over time, our eyesight gets really clouded by the world around us, the people around us, and subsequently the person that we think that we should be. And when we're constantly looking at ourselves under a microscope or like through the eyes of someone or something else, then we easily lose sight of the big picture of our beauty. Because again, we're super close to ourselves. We carry everything that we were, we are, and wish we were. And it becomes super hard to observe ourselves clearly and objectively. We really like to identify a lot with our dark or our light, and we fail to see the unity in their opposites. Like loving or hating parts of yourself is like loving the sunrise but hating the sunset. Okay, so instead of attaching these extreme emotions to what we're experiencing, we can just practice seeing and observing and appreciating all the parts just like we do with the sun falling and the moon rising, right? Like all of these parts of ourselves are working together to keep things moving for us. So in this context, loving yourself means allowing all parts of yourself to exist and subsequently allowing your life to unfold exactly as it is. So let's step back. Let's breathe into the whole thing. Okay, now that we have laid that extremely existential groundwork, that'd be a good band name, extremely existential. Anyway, now that we have laid that extremely existential groundwork, let's talk about how we practice loving everything that we are. And to love something, you first have to see it clearly. So you've got to meet yourself, all your angels, all your demons. And I want to talk about how to do that from the outside in. Okay, step number one. And this is more of a surface level, physical world kind of approach. But build your brand. I think that something that happens to a lot of us that impacts the way that we love ourselves is getting caught up in how we think we should look or act or dress. And when we do that, our our physical self becomes out of alignment with how we see ourselves inside. And let me get sociological for a second and talk about symbolic interactionism. And this is one of the big three um, sociological paradigms. And it's the idea that we communicate with the world non-verbally all the time by the way we present ourselves externally. Like we co- we communicate big things like gender, socioeconomic status, education, etc. But we also communicate a lot of little things like, or not little things, but things like personality and interest and just like our, our general vibe for lack of a better word. And some of these things we don't have control over, obviously, but some of them we do. So I want you to take a look at your physical world, your physical presentation of self. How are you currently showing up from the outside? And what are you communicating about yourself? I think that personal style slash presentation is a really great place to start here because it's it's a tangible visual expression of self that we do have some control over. And it inevitably affects the way we feel about ourselves. So you can think about this as like the clothes you wear, your accessories, tattoos, piercings, hair, hygiene, and even things like posture, the way you walk, your body language. So ask yourself, what kind of clothes do you feel like yourself in? And do you wear these clothes? What kind of colors feel like you? 
do you have clothes in your closet that you never touch? And why do you have them? And why don't you touch them? And you can get even deeper and start paying attention to your facial expressions, your movement, or, you know, what happens to your posture when you stand in line for a long time. And just be aware, ask yourself, what message am I sending out into the world right now? And how can I adjust this to communicate the way that I want to be feeling inside? Let me explain that a little, a little more. So like the mind and body are mirrors, right? So you can use this connection to your advantage. Like if you want to experience something on the inside, try to change something on the outside and vice versa. So I want you to get really wild with this thought and spend some time exploring what you would consider to be the highest, the most evolved version of yourself. So you can ask yourself, how does this person dress? How do they carry themselves in a crowd? What does their living space look like? Because the first step to manifesting anything is that ability to clearly see the things that you want. So get visual with this and then ask yourself what you can do today to move a couple inches closer to this vision. And one more little tangent before I move on to the next step. And I want to talk about Pinterest, okay? A fun fact about me is that I really, I really fuck with Pinterest, okay? It's been a huge manifestation tool for me, okay? I never thought I would say that sentence out loud, but it's true. And I, I started doing this back in high school, but over time, I've collected a ton of Pinterest boards that have like clothes I like, interior design I like. And over time, I was like, oh damn, this is a whole visual representation of my personal brand and the life I want to have. And some of these things that I wanted to have, I now have. So it's essentially become like a vision boarding practice for me it doesn't have to just be for diy moms okay it's a pretty cool place so check it out you heard it here first pinterest as manifestation so let's move on to the second step to meeting slash loving yourself and that is to analyze your space Space is so important, okay? The things you have around you matter a lot. So I want you to take a look at the things that you own, the physical objects. We've all heard of Marie Kondo's joy-sparking idea, right? Like only keep things around you that actually spark joy. And that's real. I, I recently moved into a new place and I told myself I was only going to let things in that I really loved. And it's been an amazing practice. Like shit just builds up inevitably and it's important to be mindful of the things that we let into our space because they will affect our energy. And I'm sure you know the universal truth that less is more. Like more of something isn't better. Having less things that you really love is better. Even if it means spending more money to have one of something that you really like instead of six of the same thing that you kind of like. And I try to do this with clothes. Like I'd rather have one pair of killer jeans that I spent more money on than six variations of the same jean from... I don't know, Forever 21. Like have less things that you love more. When I go to buy something or like get the urge to, I try to ask myself these two questions. Number one, what purpose does this thing serve? And number two, do I have something that already serves this purpose? And this helps us become a little bit more mindful, a little bit more protective of the things that we let into our energy and also be mindful of the resources that we are giving up. The next note on space is to keep it clean. Okay, I know this can be really tough depending on your schedule, lifestyle, personality type, who you share a space with, etc. And it, it's certainly a spectrum. Like clean and organized can be subjective for sure but i think it's really important to find a system that works for you and serves you because again your environment 
impacts your energy. It's like how I talked about the environment being a whole teacher in itself in Montessori. Like your body absorbs so many things that you're not conscious of, right? Like if your environment feels and looks out of control, your body and mind are going to more easily take on those states too. So I think it's worth putting thought and energy into, even if it's just picking like one thing a day to make sure happens, like making your bed. And I think it's important to find a balance. Like you don't need to beat yourself up about this because life happens. Like no one is going to die if you don't make your bed. But point is, I don't think that you can be negatively impacted by a clean space. It will 10 out of 10 times lift your energy up. So you can also zoom out even more and look at your space in the context of where you live, the job you have, the people you spend time around, etc. And like I said, a part of loving yourself is being really selective about what you give energy to. So take a look at what and who you have around you and ask yourself, what value is this bringing to my life, my routine, my brand? And if you can't answer those questions easily, snip snip motherfuckers. And since I don't have anyone to stop me, I'm going to get even more woo-woo witchy and say that when you practice this stuff in your physical world, it will inevitably show up in the stuff underneath. So think of that process of like looking at an object and saying, yes, I want to let that in. It serves me or no, I don't want to let that in. I don't need it. And that right there is the practice of meditation, but only with our thoughts. It's about creating space between us and the thought. We create a pause so we can ask, do I want to let this in or not? So the next thing I will encourage you to do is analyze your relationship to movement, okay? I like to think of movement as medicine. Movement is meant to energize your mind and your body. It should not feel like a chore or a punishment. It is crucial to move your body in a way that actually feels good for your mind and your body. Not just looks good, not just sounds good, but actually feels good. And there's no one size fits all for this, okay? Every body is different and has different needs. And for you, this might look like a group fitness class or going to the gym by yourself or with your friends, whatever, going for walks, runs, light jogs, hikes, I don't know, dancing naked around your house. Hell, you might even be a mall walker at your core. Like, go off, whatever it is, explore it all. But find something that you actually enjoy and that serves your life. Not the thing that someone on Instagram told you you should be doing. Like find something that feels safe in your body. Find something that makes your mind feel good. And find a frequency of this that works, like might be once a week, once a day, whatever fits into your world. And this might mean trying out a lot of different things, but I think it's worth it because, say it with me now, the mind and the body are not separate. So do it for your whole you, not just the outside part of you. And there's all this talk about body positivity, right? And you may have heard of the term body neutrality, and I really love this, is the idea that the body is just a body. Like you don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to feel good about it. You can just experience life with your body because it's just a fraction of who you are. So work to become neutral about your body. I'm going to do a whole episode on this eventually, but... In this context, like loving your body is accepting your body, respecting your body, and let this be love because your body is just a vehicle for you to experience life, right? So imagine it's your 16th birthday and somebody gifted you a car. Is it your dream car? Probably not, maybe, but you can spend your life hating the car that you got and wishing it was different, like a different make, different model, or you can just 
let the car do its job and be grateful for the rides. So think of your body in that way. Thank your body for all of the hard work it does to keep you alive because it's really good at its job. And yeah, everyone wants to feel good in their body. Like that is a very normal want. But the ups and the downs will come. You will have light days and you will have darker days. And that's just how everything is, body and beyond. So see the waves, ride the waves, and hang tight to the truth that you are not your body and you are not your thoughts. All right, moving on. So one of the biggest tests of self-love is your ability to spend time with yourself. And it's a hard truth, but you should love hanging out with yourself. And it's hard. I've definitely had periods of my life where I completely avoided this, like kind of unconsciously. I just filled my time with people and places and things, and I never really gave myself room to practice coming home to myself. And the universe really likes to force this lesson onto us, and it can be tough. I'm, I'm in the thick of that lesson right now, or I guess kind of coming out of it. But after a lot of fighting, I can honestly say that I am obsessed with being in my own energy right now. And it's a really good feeling, but it can be hard to find for sure. And I think one way to find it is to establish your non-negotiables. So these are things that you have in your routine, be it daily, weekly, monthly, that you just can't miss. These are boundaries that you set with yourself and other people. Okay, think of them as staples in your schedule, like little promises to yourself. And it's really important to be able to keep promises to yourself and show up for yourself. So for you, this might look like workout class, taking yourself on a date once a week, going on a walk on your lunch break, 10 minutes to drink your coffee alone in the morning or reading before bed, like literally anything. For me, working on the podcast has become a huge non-negotiable, but another one I really love to talk about is my space bath. Um, I usually do this once a week. I get into the bath, turn on my red lights and just soak in all my dirt, you know, but whatever the things are for you, commit to them. And they've got to be things that actually matter to you because otherwise you won't make time for them. So look at the things that you already do that feel really good in your schedule and then write them into your days or weeks with a big fat black Sharpie. All right. I will challenge you to put words and action to at least one non-negotiable this week. And the truth behind this idea is that when you know who you are and how you genuinely like to spend your time, it becomes exponentially easier to figure out who and what fits into your life with ease. Like your needs and your wants become a lot clearer and it becomes easier to say no things that aren't in alignment with who you actually are. But anyways, you can think about non-negotiables as like quality time with yourself. And I want to zoom out and look at like the other ways that we give and show love based on the the love languages, the five love languages, because I think you have to practice all of the ways that you want to be loved on yourself first. Like if you want to be taken on a date every week, take yourself on a date every week. If you really want someone who is going to wash your dishes for you after dinner, love yourself enough to get your ass up and do it. Like, yeah, it feels super nice to have those needs and wants met in a relationship with somebody else, but you have to practice showing it to yourself first, whether you have somebody in your life or not. And you can even make it weird and like personify the part of yourself that will get up and do these things. Like, oh damn, I really don't want to get up and wash the dishes right now. Let me pull this part of myself that does love myself enough to do it. I don't know, you can give it a name if you want to. Like my imaginary lover, Sebastian, will do that for me. Okay, maybe that's too far. Definitely too far. I don't care. You can make it silly and fun if you have to. 
But think through all of the love languages. So words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, quality time, physical touch, and ask yourself, how are you currently showing yourself love in these ways? Or are you at all? And what areas do you have room to practice loving yourself more in? And what ways can you start practicing? One of the biggest ways to assess our love for ourselves is looking at our ability to show up for ourselves over and over again. And the more that you can do this, the more you'll realize that you already have everything that you need to give and receive love. And you don't need anyone else to fill these holes. Like you can want them to, of course, and that's perfectly fine, but you won't need them to. And this allows us to experience life in full abundance when somebody else does come into our life. Like I am good and strong in this body, in this mind, in this life. So when another person comes into my experience, it's great. But I love myself and my space enough to get up and wash these dishes and it also feels really good when he, she, or they washes the dishes for me. But if you don't have this kind of relationship with yourself and your needs, you'll always be searching for love in another person. And if and when they leave your life, the holes just get bigger and bigger. And the truth behind that is that you don't have to look at anyone or anything outside of you for love. And yes, it is a beautiful, glorious thing to practice love with other people. Like that is such a huge joy in this life. But you you have to practice on yourself first. And also while you're in a relationship, you have to continue to show up for yourself because how you love and show up for yourself will inevitably impact how you let other people love and show up for you. All right, the next step in this self-love journey is to love your family. Okay, I truly believe that in order to fully accept and love yourself, you have to be able to love everything, everybody who brought you here, wholly and unconditionally. And I know family dynamics can be incredibly complicated, for sure. So take what lands from this and leave what doesn't. But most people, I mean, there are outliers for sure, but most people don't have monsters as parents, okay? They have humans as parents. And there's all this chatter right now about like intergenerational trauma and how we're all cursed by our childhoods and shit. And we have this moral obligation to like fix ourselves in order to not fuck up our future children. And we place a lot of anger and blame and sadness on our parents or family members for not loving us in the way that we wanted or needed to be loved, but this is all stuff we can learn from, okay? I like to think that we're all raised by people who did and probably do the best they can to love us, and they were raised by people who were doing the best they could to love them, and no one is perfect, okay? Everyone is practicing, and raising humans is the hardest job there is, and yes, Our primary caregivers have a huge responsibility to teach us how to love ourselves and relate to the world, but they can only teach from the toolbox that they have. And nobody, nowhere has all the tools. So if we can accept that truth that our parents are human beings doing the best they can with the tools they were given, the quicker we can apply that truth to ourselves. And that right there is self-love. Like, I see you, I understand you, I know you are not perfect, I love you anyways. Like, I'm angry at you, I can be sad at you, I wish X, Y, and Z were different, and I love you, and I know that you are figuring it out just like I am. And a huge part of adulthood is leaning out of your familial unit, you know, and 
into your own independence. Like that's evolution. But if you can, try to put energy into the bond that you have with your family. They are more you than anyone else on this planet, okay? And in that way, they are your greatest mirrors, your greatest teachers. So if it makes sense for you in your life, practice loving them and all their gifts and all their grievances while you practice loving your own. Because as I said at the start, love happens when we make peace with the opposites, okay? The light inside of us is directly proportional to the dark inside of us. Both halves are real and pure and beautiful and worthy of our love. So see it all, hide from nothing, give extra love to your shadow, those parts of yourself or your family or whatever that you wish weren't there because you can't hate those parts into oblivion, okay? You can't hate yourself into a version of yourself that you love. All right, the last nugget on self-love for you is to find the thing that's more you. So all of these previous steps were laid out to help you start thinking about who you actually are, and that is the greatest expression of self-love. So think back to birth, or like think of yourself as an infant, I guess, because you don't remember. But when we are born, we are absolutely perfect, right? Totally and completely ourselves, totally and completely in love, in tune, there is only this like primal connection and a complete authentic expression of need, okay? And over time, we collect these layers of gunk from our relationships, our environments, our egos. And to meet your truest, most most authentic self is to first become aware of all of those stories we have about ourselves that aren't actually ours. So to love ourselves is to peel back those layers one by one and slowly move closer to that pure and divine love that is already there underneath it all that we just have to be willing to see and accept. Like all we have to do is become more of what we already are. And it's a lifelong thing. Like there's this false idea that we have to find ourselves somewhere and then maintain that self, but there is no arrival to this, okay? Our selves are very fluid, very flexible, and they will change and we deserve to let them change. So right now, do you feel like you? Is there something more you that you can see but you aren't moving towards and why aren't you? And when that thing shows up that is more you than the thing that you have, are you willing to let the thing you have die so that a new version of you can be born? And like that's the process of love right there. So look at your big things, your job, your environment, your relationships, and ask yourself, is this in line with the highest me? Or could there be something more me than this? Life is long. Remember, all you have is time. So no matter where you are in the years, start flirting with the universe, okay? Ask her to show you how good it can get because remember, it's your one life and you deserve to be you and you deserve to love you and all of the people and places and things that got you to this moment and that stand in front of this moment. So just let, right? Just let things be exactly as they are. Create a relationship with love that is neutral and steady and sure and just present. And that is all I have for you today. I love you, probably. (laughs) The end. I hope you enjoyed these thoughts on love. Please rate the episode, follow the show, share it with a friend, that would mean the most, and enjoy it all. 
Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon.